All right, here's your premium on for a 42-yard field goal attempt. Earl Morrowville holding. And this kick is blocked. Yepremian has it. <laughs> Throws a pass up with the ball. It's Mike Bass. He's running away for a touchdown. Mike Bass scores. What a kooky play that was. Bradshaw has his club set. Blyer and Harris behind him. He's going to throw. He heaves up. Swan. Touchdown. Lynn Swan. Touchdown. Manning loves it. Burris alone. Touchdown, New York. Miller slot left. Washington outside left. Roethlisberger. Pass time. Throws to the back of the end zone. And it is caught for a touchdown by Holmes. Baldwin sets up on the left. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Minus three. With Dave Damashek and Jeff Schwartz. Do it, fellas. You got Tom Brady, you got Max McGee, you got Lynn Swan, you got Garo Yepremian. Who will be the star? Who will be the GOAT of Super Bowl 55? Let's chop it up now. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to another episode of Minus 3, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds bests. FanDuel, more ways to win. I say all season long and the season's over, fellas. We'll talk about other seasons of other stuff, but I mean football season. We have 60 minutes left unless we get overtime. Either way, bet it along with us. We're going to chop up all the best prop bets for you, and of course we'll get to uh, to the biggest matter of all. Who's going to win the game right now? We got uh, the Chiefs giving three points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bet it along with us, why don't you? FanDuel.com slash minus three. That's the word minus the number three, and follow along as always at minus three pod. All right, all that poop out of the way. Let's start talking about the poop yet to come with our guy, Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop with you, fella? I am happy for the game this weekend, but I'm also sad because it is the end of the season. It felt like it went by faster than usual this year. And also, without the Super Bowl festivities, without you being able to go to media night and ask players if it's the the most important game of the season, is this a must-win game, it does feel like there's less hype for this weekend, right? Normally right now, it's, you know, as we're recording, it's Thursday. Everyone is in Tampa right now, right? Radio Row is popping. The the Hall of Fame dudes start popping in now. Everyone's in this big room, and we're all hanging out. We're all partying. We're all getting ready for the game. And none of that's happening right now, right? There is a Radio Row. It's kind of depressing. Have you seen the photos of the Radio Row? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's very grim. Yeah, uh, it it looks terrible there. So, Schwartz, you were at the Super Bowl a year ago when when younger brother Mitchell. And, by the way, we're going guest-free here. This week, Why, who else is there really to talk to? You know, I, I, I've noticed that Jeff Schwartz is all over the place this week. And it makes sense because as I've touted you to be for at least two years, if not more, you are the preeminent Chiefs whisperer. I think Brother Mitchell probably isn't as more as forthcoming about the state of things there. But you have a relationship with Andy Reid and everything else. Let's, I want to do these prop bets, Schwartz. And there are okay. a million different directions we can go in. But to me... I, I want to get your pick, but also the the to me, what's your favorite story 
of this fortnight. I know we're not even through it yet, but you know, every every Super Bowl run-up or any of the compelling ones have some storyline that everybody stink, sinks their teeth into. And it's very easy if it were Rodgers, Mahomes, people would be like, which guy, whoever wins this game goes down as the most talented quarterback of all time. To me, the funniest thing is the Belichick <laughs> element of this. Like, where's he going to watch the game? Where did he watch the NFC title game two Sundays ago? And people like make their jokes, but for real. Bill Belichick, is he going to watch this? I've talked to Ross Tucker about it. You kibitzed with Chris Long this yeah. week. I don't know if you got into it with him any further, but they're kind of – but like Ross Tucker's like, oh, he cares. Oh, Belichick has got to be sick about this. Belichick cares about history. He loves the history. He's steeped in knowledge of it. This has to make him sick to feel like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know how this impacts what how I'll be regarded 10 years, 50 years from now. I think it's uh, and it's hysterical for all the Patriots fans who hung their hat on Belichick as the greatest coach. For real, does this to you, Jeff Schwartz, injure Belichick's legacy? Like, what if he retired tomorrow? Would we then say, like, yeah, but he never did um, celebrating? People always want to yeah, but things, so that they would always, of course, do that. Um, I'm of the opinion that both of those players needed each other, and if you give. Bill Belichick, the roster in Tampa Bay, he's in the Super Bowl also, right? Like that's that's the difference. Um, and I think that he's in the Super Bowl in a much easier path than Bruce Arians would be. I think Tampa would have been the one seed if they had if they had you know Bill Belichick. I think I said this on on our show was it last week or two weeks ago. You have to separate Bill Belichick, the coach, and Bill Belichick, the general manager. The coach is fine, guys. It went 7-9 last year with that crap roster. Well, the crap roster is his fault. So you have to separate those two things. If he were to retire now, I think people would question whether or not he's the best, but they still would revert back to, in the end, yes, yes. Like, I think it would be an easy yes. Think about this, Dave. When we look at the best of all time, like Bill Walsh, for example, it was really just a, a short, you know, what, eight-year window when, when he was dominating the NFL. Chuck Knoll, how many years did they dominate the NFL for, right? You know, uh, six, basically a six-year. Okay, you're right, right. So, you know, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, kind of that, that Cowboys era. Belichick did this in two separate stints, right? He did an early 2000s, right? They won the three Super Bowls in four years. Then they went to 07 and 11, then took a bunch of time off and went 16, what, they went 14, 16, 18, like one, three out of five. It's incredible how long they were good for. I think mean, the other coach who has a case here to be the best of all time is Andy Reid. I think if you look at the success Andy's had over these, especially if they win this game, you start talking about Andy Reid as one of the best coaches of all time. His sustained success without having a Hall of Fame quarterback until now is very impressive. All the coaches that we talked about so far have had – uh, a Terry Bradshaw, have had a Joe Montana, have had a Troy Aikman, have had a Tom Brady. Andy Reid now has his first Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't think McNabb's a Hall of Famer, right? No, he's not a Hall of okay. Famer. And this is such a great point. And these things that we establish, like we we tend to put them in ink, not in pencil, and we are loath to update our own opinions on these things. And you're you you are so right. It's why I go on and on like a broken record about like. Mahal, you know, the, the, the ring count and QB wins and because that's what resonates for most people. But like the, it's the idea when you hear about politics and stuff and you hear 
uh, you know, talking heads on whatever cable news thing. And, and they, they point that out and you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Like most people are kind of like in and out. We're football yeah. obsessives. And so we watch every play of every game pretty much. Well, I mean, I don't watch every Jags versus uh, <laughs> Texans in uh, in in early no- uh, December. Uh, I don't watch that when, when that game's in hand. But you follow my larger point. Yes. Most people like it's like, how could people think this or that if you're on one side of the political uh, side? Uh, how could because most people just skim the service. So I like, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that guy on TV. I kind of like his way. I like I I he res- he he um, makes sense to me what he says. Like they don't get deep in the weeds on it. So when people try to push back on like, oh, you don't know what you like QB wins. That's not that's what most people are reacting to. It's like is the ring count and whether it's fair or not. You're exactly right. And talking about updating the way we perceive certain guys, Andy Reid, like the knock on him was can't win the big one, you know, doesn't get his team right in the biggest moments for whatever reason, can't vanquish Belichick. These were the knocks against the guy. But yes, as you now look back on it, and I went back and did look at it, all 54 years worth of Super Bowls and then the title game since the Super Bowl era begins, which is where I consider pro football to start mattering more or less. Um, you start counting those up. The thing that rises to the top is you count up all the quarterbacks, how many title games they played in, how many Super Bowls they got to, and how many Super Bowls they won. There are very few exceptions that the guys at the top of that mountain are the Hall of Famers. So this thing about like QB wins aren't a thing is is nonsense. It's overthought. It's all Hall of Famers pretty much. And one of the exceptions is Donovan McNabb. So is it a fluke that Donovan McNabb played in four straight title games like that? And then that coach leaves Philadelphia, goes to Kansas City, turns a guy. Let's not forget, too. And you mentioned it. He made Ty Detmer look good. He made A.J. Feely look good. He made Kevin Cobb a thing. People like Kevin Cobb. Even Alex Smith. And he goes to Kansas City. People forget, again. Alex Smith was an abject bust. He was never going to do anything in in uh, anyway. Then he go. Then he has his resurrection with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. But then he really thrives when he gets to Kansas City yeah. with Andy Reid. Andy Reid. I think you are exactly right. I think he is one of. I mean, win or lose. I think he's one of the big winners of the yeah. 2020 NFL season. Here, obviously, somebody's going to hoist the Lombardi. But I think that's an interesting conversation. Who are the the Rams are all of a sudden, in my opinion, a big winner of 2020 because now they suddenly have yeah. a better shot going forward there. Um, but yes, a great point um, by sorry. you with uh, I, with Andy Reid. I'm sorry, did I monologue there too much? No, I talk. I, no, I talk a lot. I was laughing at, at Eddie's scroll he had on here about about Bill Belichick sticking the balls. Um, no, I just want to make the, the the point about QB <laughs> about about QB wins because um, you know. We, we don't use that stat for Hall of Famers for good reason because they've proven themselves beyond the winning, right? So that's like we don't use that for them. QB wins, I think, is good to use for Stafford, Goff, Deshaun Watson. I mean, guys that are still kind of proving their worth in the NFL. I don't think Deshaun Watson has to prove his worth or, or Matt Stafford or Goff, but you know, for the uninitiated, like that's how we kind of view wins, right? Like, for example, Watson was four and 12 last year. It's we all agree that's not his fault. Right. Like we watched him play. And so that's why we kind of excuse wins. Now, if it was year, if he was in year 17 and he went four and 12, we'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, he's probably done. Right. It's like, so I think there's different parts of, of 
each quarterback's era, their time in the NFL where quarterback wins, the importance of them kind of varies. But in the end, you're right. The Hall of Famers win all the games. So there's a reason they win all the games, because they're freaking good. And I think quarterback wins is, is a good metric to, to discuss when you have a Jared Goff, right? Or when you have a Matt Stafford, guys that are still playing their careers. You know, but Matt Stafford, for example, okay, he's won 11 ga- times against, what, teams over 500 in his career. Like, is that a – like, how do we – it has to be discussed, right? Is that his fault? Is it the Lions' fault? Like, that's why I think discussion is valid to have for those guys. For the other guys, it's not. We, we know that you know the the great ones are going to win all their games, but for Stafford, that's a legit discussion. Why are they not winning those games? And I'm looking forward to watching him on the Rams now because guess what? I've argued that I think that there'll be a big discussion about Matt Stafford as a Hall of Famer because his numbers will be there when he's retired. This is now the proving ground. If 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 Stafford wins in Los Angeles, doesn't win a Super Bowl, but wins playoff games, wins, you know, wins division, there's a much better chance he makes the Hall of Fame now. This is an opportunity to show everyone he's that guy. As a reminder to everybody, the cynics who push back at like who cares about that, they only a reminder, they only give out one Lombardi every year. That yeah. is what gets in the way of everybody. Well, Josh Allen, this young man's going to win multiple Lombardies in our league. And so's Trevor Lawrence. And so was Andrew no, Luck. And so it's like, they only give out the one. And you that. understand they're playing concurrently. These guys, these guys are, it's not like Thank they don't you. get, Thank it's you. not a video game where Andrew Luck is at the, is at the uh, Deshaun Watson. Isn't the only one playing the video game. There are 31 other quarterbacks. And some of them are, are also really good and have a chance to not just, ride along then then you start injecting joe flacco and brad johnson and mark sanchez into the conversation and then those guys start sneaking through and then they take away one more opportunity for the really really good ones so then all of a sudden you're left with as tony romo says it's hard to go to a super bowl and win it i mean that's 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 the that's the math on it like why don't why didn't Dan Marino like uh, their weird flukes along the hard. way and bad personnel decisions Dennis, around you, you or uh, special teams? You know, the, the guy misses the kick at the wrong time and there goes your best chance. Yeah, the, bill, as a QB. Yeah, the bills. Yeah, the bills uh, that I'm sure like the, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's talk this week about, you know, if Mahomes wins this one. How many more does he does he win or even go to? And they're like, you know, Elway is fit is number two all time. Five quarter, quarter appearances. Yeah, I go, I go five. Like if the, if it was at five and a half, I go under, because sure, that's exactly. Like, I, that is exactly right. Like, think about this: the Chiefs, and they'll admit this to you. They've had a little bit of luck along the way. Go back last season, right? They had a chance. They're going to be the three seed, having to go on the road to New England and Baltimore to get to the Super Bowl. Instead, New England gets upset by the Dolphins, and they get a home game now. And then the Ravens. And the Patriots both lose, and they get to host the AFC Championship game. Even this year, this year it's kind of you know up and up and down sometimes, kind of playing uh, not playing very hard, but no real challenge. Right? Baltimore had COVID issues. They you know they lost uh, games to them, like kind of in the standings, and just kind of flowed along a little bit. And the one thing about them too is they're just their main guys are rarely ever injured. That's almost impossible in the NFL, right? Mahomes has missed. Couple games every now and then, um, and you know Travis Kelsey. I don't think has missed a game since he's been there. Tyreek Hill's missed a couple. Chris Jones, a couple. Frank Clark, not really. I mean, they're you know we'll talk about the offensive line. Um, the offensive line's mostly been healthy up until this season. Like they've had everything kind of go right for them the last couple of years. That's not what the NFL is. The NFL just doesn't go right every single year, and eventually they're going to have oh shit, seven of our guys are hurt this year. 
we can't win the title. And then the next year, all those guys are older now. So it's about, you know, the Chiefs have got to, of course, add more talent as these older guys kind of phase out. So the idea that you're going to go to all these Super Bowls, and it's not the way the NFL works. The Patriots are not what the NFL has been about. It is kind of like the Goldilocks thing of don't get too close and don't get too far away. Like somewhere the, the truth is in between on this. Yes, you can make yourself batty. You could also make a case that the, that Mahomes and company could be going for their third straight Lombardi right now if D4 doesn't line up off sides. I can go back to um, the immaculate reception. If that doesn't happen, I mean, obviously I can what if things oh, we can, endlessly We can what here. if all nine of the Immaculate reception doesn't happen. Raiders survive. The title game is played in Miami. The Raiders like to throw the ball. The Dolphins in the sun still like to run the ball. That favors the Raiders. The Raiders beat the undefeated Dolphins. There's no undefeated season for the 72 Dolphins and the Raiders go to the Super Bowl where they play Washington. And I don't know what happens from then. Maybe Snake Stabler wins that and we consider him the best quarterback of the 20th century. It's all, it's all you you the, can do that endlessly. You can we, we endlessly do that. Nine of the Patriots Super Bowl appearances with Tom Brady. We can do that for each one of them. That's what, right. Wes what? Welker catches the ball. Then he has an extra ring. David Tyree doesn't happen. Yeah. He has an extra ring. Or, yes, or, you can. or, you know, or, or Seattle, uh, you know, throws a different pass route at the end of the game and boom, Seattle beats new. Like, and, and this thing about Super Bowl is like, they're, they often come down to one or two plays. Uh, even going back to last year, third and 15, just don't let the, don't let the Chiefs complete the pass. And the, and the game's over right there. Like, so that's just right. the margin of victory is so little. That's why it's almost not fair sometimes to just judge people straight on Super Bowls because that's not I really. Agree. I agree that it is not an indictment. Like then people get into the like, so, so you're saying Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino? No, obviously <laughs> not. There, there are weird little flukes within that. But I, like I say, pull back just enough to look at, and I'll tweet it out again, but like, look at the history, the 54, almost 55 year history of the Super Bowl and the title games and who plays in them most often. And you're, you're being a vapid cynic to say that it's not that like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it is random that it's Troy Aikman and Steve Young and Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach and a handful of guys in the history of the Super Bowl era that keep random, I guess, that those guys just keep showing up in those big games. It's weird, especially in free agency. And that's what makes it even muddier and more impressive that Belichick and Brady were able to do what they were able to do. And I hear you, but last question, then we'll dig in on the game a little bit because maybe that's what people like to hear more. Is that what people want to hear, Eddie Spaghetti? Do people like it when we just dig into the game? Or, do you think, they, you know, they come or is it boring when I talk about all the history? Because I, I I can't get enough of it. Well, no, I'll, I'll say everyone and their brothers talking about the game. So I think it's okay for us. We will get to the game. I think it's okay to to talk about, you know, the the, the what ifs of NFL and your QB wins, pyramid and that stuff. I think it's totally fine. I think the fans, that's why our listeners come here for the, uh, the uh, very nuanced conversations that we have. You think these are nuanced conversations? I don't know. But let me, here's a, here's a good what if. Let's do it. We don't have to go into the way back machine on this one. Jeff Schwartz, how about this? Tom Brady, he never was going to do this, but I advocated around a year ago. I was like, man, go to go go to Los Angeles. Go be a charger. Tom Brady, he didn't want to do it because of lifestyle. He wanted to be closer to his kid, which is nice um, on the East Coast. But let's say I had been right. Would the, would 
let's I try to assess Brady's greatness in the AFC West against Patrick Mahomes. Instead of playing Drew Brees twice, we would have seen him play um, Mahomes twice in the regular season alone. Would Tom Brady be playing in the Super Bowl right now, or would it still be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I guess it's kind of, sort of. Uh, uh, I know I'm, I'm being reductionist to say, like, well, I mean, but – if Brady would have been with the Chargers, he would have had great pass catchers. I mean, the the setup with yeah, dominant yeah, defense, but, same but, kind of story you would have laid out for him in in Tampa. It would have existed. Yeah, but Anthony not the Lynn, same coach. Yeah, Anthony Lynn's the problem there, right? Like I think in that situation, um, and you know, I I don't. Hmm, good question. That division makes it really tough. Now they, they didn't win the division in New Orleans either, right? They lost to New Orleans twice in the regular season, which would have probably would have happened. Yeah, they just went. They were. Yes, they were um, a road. They were a road dog to, he, two weeks in a row to, to get here. You would have to go through Mahomes to get to Super Bowl again, anyways. It's a good question. Um, without spoiling our picks later, I mean, you think he would have beaten Mahomes, maybe if it was in the char- if he was with the Chargers? And I don't think it's spoiling. I, don't, I I just think it's a fun question that that certainly. I think the AFC was better. I don't know. I guess we don't have to solve that uh, that riddle that doesn't ultimately have an answer. But all right, let's go into it. And by, but my other question about Belichick is, does he definitely on Sunday, Does he is he watching, first of all? Does he yes. definitely watch the Super Bowl? Yes. I don't know, man. I'd be, I, I, if it were me, given my frame of mind, my vanity, my chip on the shoulder, my uh, my petulance, I, I don't think I could stomach it. I'd be too – oh, well, I'd probably watch it, but I'd hate watch it. And I assume that's what Belichick's going to do, right? He's not rooting for Brady, do you think? Right? Yeah, he's got to be uh, rooting I don't think so. for I just saw a quote from Robert Kraft. Though. He says, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. We've had some great communication. He's such a great – he's such a special human being. We're privileged to have him here for two decades, and he's one of the finest humans I've ever met. I really hope he wins Sunday. Boy, he's really poking at Belichick by saying that, right? I know. Don't you think so, for real? Probably, yeah. Belichick ain't like this. So, okay. So, we agree he'll watch it. Although, given his I, – I could see him being like, oh, I'm too busy getting ready for the draft, and I'm breaking down tape on Trey Lance and seeing what if, uh, if I like him, you know. Um, I, I The bottom line is, this next season, people can jive themselves all they want, including Bill Belichick, but – the 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 Patriots in 2021 need to have a big bounce back or else Patriots fans are going to start really, really feeling like they've been worshiping a false god for the last 20 years. True? Probably, yeah, true. Who would you most, if you could have three or four people come over to your house to watch the Super Bowl, who would, who would you most want to have? Uh, you could do it in history or you could do it with just people that are alive right now because I would definitely love to watch it with Belichick. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I like to watch games in quiet. So three people that don't talk would be preferable for me. What a creep! What, I like talks. to I like to watch games just like by myself. I turn the volume down. I don't like. I don't really listen to the commentary. Really? Yeah, wow. I will for the Super Bowl probably, but like, I just don't because like I don't need to hear what's happening. I and watch what's happening. I don't know. I'm not very fun to watch games. With. Like I'm on like, I'm just like, I'm just not, I'm sorry. If people thought I was cool, I'm sorry to break that for you guys. But like, I um, I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't watch like in the regular season. If uh, whatever, let's go yeah. over. We'll hang out. I'll, I'll watch the steel. Yeah, 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 other yeah. people could be talking, but you know, the fellas have put out a lot of effort 
for months on end. And I feel like I owe it come playoff time. People are like, Hey, you're going to come over. I, the worst is I, I, I can't imagine there are very many um, chiefs. There are many groups of friends that are like some chiefs fans in the mix and some Buccaneers fans. I can't imagine that cross section exists, but um, there's like, Hey, what, you invited Seth over, but he's a Bucks fan. You know I'm a Chiefs fan. I, like, I don't care about that. It's just like I just like again. I um, I just don't want to be asked questions. <laughs> I, I know, like, but like it's like I I've been to, you know, my one one of my uh, best pals is a Colts guy, and way back when when it was Jim Harbaugh against uh, Neil O'Donnell in the AFC title game, somehow I got dragged into like well we're gonna watch it together and i was like all right again i don't know what the good like and then it's just and then you gotta like you gotta repress your enthusiasm because then you're being a jerk and you certainly don't want to be like ha ha my team just scored on you it ain't worth the hassle and then i went to a title game once in pittsburgh and outside of heinz field we're tailgating and the one guy shows up whether we're about to play tom brady's patriots it was 2000 it was january of 2002 and one of, one of the guys shows up with a Patriots fan who he works with. He's like, hi, I brought so-and-so here. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. we're like, ha ha. Yeah. Like uh, he's got to go. And we're like, ha ha. Yeah. He's got, yeah, I'm going to go. Right. Like, yeah, you have to go. You can't be I'm like, no, I don't want to hang out with you. No, beat it. Scram loser. You know, I don't, I have no interest in hanging out with you. That's a, that's a weird thing. So Belichick, yes, would be funny to watch the Super Bowl with next to silent Jeff Schwartz would be perfect. Those two. Just like, just like, just like, just like eating. I'd just be quietly eating in the corner, watching, <laughs> watching the game. I hope it'd be Subway. You two at either end of a Subway, like uh, um, Lady and the Tramp, just taking bites. And then next thing you know, you and Belichick are like, what? Oh. I, do, um, I, I do think, though, that we've talked about this before, like an offensive line telecast or megacast, whatever you want to call it, would be incredible. I agree, man. This is the thing. This is the way. I really, really do love this idea. All right, let's get into it then. You mentioned the offensive line, and as I see it, win play show the three biggest factors that people are not talking about because people like me keep belly going on and not belly aching, but talking about like, if Brady wins, here's what it means for the history of football, but if Mahomes wins, here's what it means for the next decade of pro football and all of that, and we aren't talking enough about three specific things that I think really figure to combine the to impact the game significantly they are one the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs I think that's the most significant aspect the second most um, significant thing is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing at home that's all we've ever talked about is like oh a home team a home game for the Super yeah. Bowl and now you hear about Tom Brady has 12 days and he's been left isolated there to break down tape. And that is his greatest strength is, is when he does that and processes things. And if it allows him at the line of scrimmage or um, post snap to make quicker assessments, that's everything for Tom Brady. And three, what if it's a deluge? What if it's a monsoon like it was in December of 1979 when a Buccaneers quarterback in number 12 needed to win to ha- to uh, advance in the yeah. post- in, into the postseason? And Doug Williams did take care of business against those Chiefs. What if the skies open again and it really soaks the field? Who does that favor? Let's work backwards from there. Jeff Schwartz, the skies open. 
The field is so, I know that it may or may not actually be rainy, but let's say it is rainy in Florida. Who can say this thing about, well, the forecast now, they don't know. When would they know to the hour when it's going to rain three days from now? Of course not. Let's say it does rain. Who does that help? Um, I would like to, to make the case that in any other situation, I would love for the game to be raining. In the Super Bowl, however, I want great conditions. I want either one or two things. Either the conditions are great or it's a freaking monsoon. I don't want the middle. I don't want the middle. I want like so bad that they can't even throw the ball and run or beautiful weather. I, I would rather have the beautiful weather. I want both teams to be at full strength, no weather affecting them. If the weather is a problem, I will say I used to always, I used to always as a northern guy and going to frigid um, Three River Stadium to to watch my team, who felt like they had an advantage because it was frigid, especially when a dome team from Texas came up to play them. I always rooted for the cold and like why why does it swing ultimately to the Cowboys' favor because they like the the slick fancy conditions why why shouldn't there be games played out in the cold i kind of now see the other side of it i i i mean i always have seen it and i hear you on the perfect well, conditions, I, I especially the with these two teams with I, I these think, two teams I, I think it would be I, it, it's think, a shame if it rains i think for the the afc championship and AFC championship game if you have home field advantage and part of that advantage is the cold that's great i'm all for that but in this game it should be perfect that's why they play in warm weather cities why they play in domes I mean, you know, it's in LA next year. I believe it's in LA next year. God, I have thought about this. Like, Super Bowl in LA is going to be interesting because, like, going to do things and it's just going to be bad. It's going to be rough. Like, driving. Where's all the parties going to be at? Where's everything going to be? It's going to be. It's going to be rough. Just let everyone know right now. As someone who's from Los Angeles, I, think it'd be I kind of, I kind of agree. There have been worse though. Like San Francisco, you have to go an hour to get to the stadium. At least you're not going to have to do that. I mean, that there, yeah, but, but what, there what were worse. Than that. Yeah, but what activities are you doing in the stadium every day? It was just, it was just media night. I'm, I'm just floating out. I mean, the number one. I'm the, the. You know, I, I, I've been saying this for. 25 years now but i mean the uh, clearly the best place is new orleans it's oh i've never done a super bowl there oh really oh it's i mean you know you you know the food is is dynamite of course the atmosphere is grand and it's compact enough that practically wherever you're staying like you literally walk to the superdome you walk to everything all week okay and but but it's new orleans too it's the most i i I, i've said it before i've i'll say it again to you now it's the most fun place to go spend a weekend. And when the shackles come off and you can start traveling around and doing stuff, definitely go down there and, and feast and you can gamble there and all yeah. that. And in fact, I always say to people, this, this thing of like um, going to Vegas, meeting up with some chums in Vegas, you know, a lot of people do the annual trip there. Um, uh, in fact, my gang from, from, uh, from college in Chicago, we uh, try to do that once a year. I'm always pushing. Let's do it new in New Orleans instead. It's better than Vegas. Uh, New Orleans is where it's at. Anyhow, yes, I hear you on the dome. Now, please, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked there talking about uh, traveling habits around these United States. Return to your thought about who it favors if it rains. Um, Probably the Chiefs, just because, you know, when the weather is bad, the footing is bad, it's really hard on a defense. And if you look at the Chiefs' offensive line, where they could use some help slowing down the, the Bucks' defensive line. If you look at the Chiefs' skill position players on offense, 
you know, in the rain, they'll move faster, quicker than will the Bucks defensive players as well. And I just think that, you know, Mahomes' arm is better. If it's a little windy and rainy, that probably favors Mahomes over Tom Brady as well. Um, I think that would definitely favor the Chiefs. But again, I hope it doesn't happen. All right. So, I, your wishes have no import here. You have no control over the, over the uh, weather gods, Jeff Schwartz. Um, so it may rain. It may not. I don't know exactly. I, I mean, listen, just for, to differentiate from the 54 other ones, it rained um, in Super Bowl nine. And that was actually supposed to be in the Superdome, but it wasn't ready yet. So they had to go play at a Tulane stadium, which is funny. Um, when the Steelers uh, beat the Vikings and I know it, I know it rained along the way in different, but it, it rained on the Colts and bears. And in fact, Reggie Wayne tells a great story about the heart. I, I asked him what the hardest catch of his career was. And he said it was the one when I was wide open by 20 yards oh, sure. against the bears. Cause it was raining and it was in Miami no less. And I'm a, you know, I'm from the U and so I had a lot of family and friends there and that ball was up there for 17 minutes looking at that thing, wait for it to come <laughs> down and make sure he's like, I don't care. He's like, he's his story is the best because he's like, he, I, I said to myself as the ball was hanging up there, if you have to fall down to catch this ball, that's fine. Do not drop this ball. That's the number one thing. If you drive, you're too wide open. I imagine that you see your entire life before your eyes, if you're that wide open in a Super Bowl, that's got to be petrifying for the ball to be coming at you and thinking like, you better not drop this or you're a giant goat. Okay, so the rain, I guess I can agree with that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll lean with you on who it would favor there. What about the home field thing? This is one of my favorite subjects. I always talk about um, Norman Dale doing the thing in the, in the fancy gym in Hoosiers, like, yep, 10 feet, yep, 15 feet. The measurements of the gridiron itself are the same. The I, I can't imagine that pro football players get that much out of home cooking, literal home cooking and otherwise, but it does seem to matter. And that's pretty clear that the home team wins yeah. more often than, than not in football games over the last 50 years and beyond. So isn't this a massive advantage for Tom Brady and company? I don't think so because of the weird year this is. Um, you know, the Chiefs aren't going to be there till Saturday. So all the hoopla around the game is not going to be there, right? They're not, you know, uh, they're going to be in their own houses all week like usual. Hmm. Um, and there's not going to be kind of like stay in a hotel for a week. There's no Super Bowl vibe for this game. And there's only 22,000 fans, right? And 17, what, 7,500 of those are healthcare workers. So it's not going to be a lot of Bucks fans there. Won't be a lot of Chiefs fans there. They're not firing the cannons, which I think is BS. Fire the freaking cannons. Like, Chiefs fans are like, well, it's unfair. They just scored a touchdown. Like, they're not going to do it while Pat Mahomes is in the middle of a cadence on third down. So, like, it, and, it just – And also, and also, the entire identity of the franchise is that they're pirates. They're ne'er-do-wells. There should be some rogue employee. And, you know, Tom Brady can claim, I didn't know that was going to happen, and Bruce Arians and otherwise. But somebody needs to get on that cannon and fire it at an inappropriate moment, right before a big play for Mahomes. Like, right as he goes under center, like, bang! Like, it would scare him, and then they get – a delay a game or a false start. And then it's like, well, what are we going to do now? The the bad guy fired the cannon at the wrong time, but we can't live life in the rear view mirror. And then the Buccaneers win because somebody fired the cannon at the wrong time. Now that would be a great story. That, that's something that Belichick would do. 
<laughs> Bel- Belichick does it to Brady. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking shorts. I like where your head's at. He's, just, he's like, he's just like all of a sudden, like it thir- a big third down and the cannon goes off and you see Belichick just like on top of it, like in a pirate outfit. Wait a second. Didn't he, doesn't, didn't he go through a run in, in, uh, New England where he would always go to the Halloween party and didn't he dress as a pirate for I, one of I them think, with the eye patch? I think he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, this fits all too neatly. I love this shorts. What if he did? What if Belichick gets on the cannon and fires it to distract his old friend Brady? Could happen. It could happen. Weird things probably happen. won't. But listen, this home field thing, I for real. I don't think, I don't think it matters. It's a it's a fine point you make about in the age of COVID nineteen that maybe it's not as decisive an advantage. But this thing about sleeping in your own bed and all that kind of stuff, I and I hear you. So there aren't all the, I like the hotel, long though. distractions. But the, I slept great in the oh, hotel. Okay, you did, but you're you're a bear. Not I, I, you really should have been on the Chicago Bears. I really should have been. I would hibernate. I turned the air to sixty five degrees and just hibernate in the hotel room. It was okay, but not. All your teammates wouldn't. I mean, how does that explain? How do you explain? Would you, by the way, other guys have come along. Eugene Robinson comes to mind, Barrett Robbins and otherwise. But would you Max McGee it? I know the Steelers in in, in aught eight. I don't even even drink. Before the Steelers uh, vanquished the uh, Arizona Cardinals, I happen to know that the entire defensive unit stayed up the entire night. They stayed up all night. Not boozing or anything. They just they were telling stories and laughing, and then the sun came up, and they're like, "Oh, we're still awake." And I'm like, "That seems less than ideal uh, before the Super Bowl." But Max McGee went on a twister, and that's why he should be a hero for all sports fans everywhere, except for the ones who reside up on Mount Pius who um, tisk tisk at that kind of behavior. What would Jeff Schwartz do in the uh, 24 hours prior to a Super Bowl? I'd sl- I'd probably go to bed at normal time. But how would you sleep? Like a, you wouldn't be nervous? No. I'd be fine. <laughs> I would sleep like a, I'd, I'd hibernate. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. But it, I guess it depends what year I was in my career. If it was early in my career, I would have been nervous. Late in my career, I would have been like, whatevs. I would have FaceTimed my, my wife and kids. I would had a nice, I would have had, you know, watch some TV, gone to bed like usual about 11 What o'clock. movie would you watch? What movie would Jeff Schwartz watch if he were going? Oh, I could choose any movie to watch in the night before. See, I want to sleep though. So I, I don't like that. Watching like three hundred would be the neck would be the morning like the day of, like I would just watch a stupid comedy just to fall asleep like just like to re- maybe the, maybe in the office just to relax just like put on the office, chill out a little bit, um, fall asleep. What's wake the most boring? You put on Age of Innocence or something like that. Like you know, no, I can make yourself asleep. sleep. I fall asleep to like the office. I've seen so many times. Just puts me to bed. Um, and watch a little office. Wake up in the morning. Have my coffee. Have my poop. Go get some breakfast. Just relax. You don't poop in the morning, Dave. That's my business, and of course I do. But what? But I. I, I my, you asked me about my tradition. That's what my tradition is. Yeah, morning gotta, poop. Got to take care of it. tradition. I like. <laughs> You're so feet. It's parts. It's my personal tradition to move my bowels each morning. <laughs> hey, it sounds much classier. I feel I feel off when I when I don't do it. I had a I had a um, I don't know how much I want to get into the weeds here with with poop attacks. I had a special one yesterday. I never had this happen before. I taking my daughter to work. I had to work mm-hmm. to school. And I was like, oh crap! I turned back around. I had to go back home. <laughs> 
haven't had that in a long time. With her like, still in the car? I was like, yeah, I drove back home. I was like, hey, hon, I'll be back in a second. She had her iPad in the, in the, in the truck. And I went, ran into the house, got her done, and took her to school. <laughs> and then she went, you can rest assured that she went there like, sorry, I'm late, but daddy had to poop. No, she, was, she, she wasn't late because she, she still had 30 minutes to spare. There's a drop-off window. I see. I see. Yeah, I mean, I remember way back um, watching the Olympics and um, the the gymnastics stuff. And I remember Mo Damashek, my mother, um, saying once, like, you know, it would be so bad. What if you like what if you you prep you practice for four years, for eight years, you devote your whole teen years to getting to the Olympics and everything? What if you happen to have diarrhea on the day of the big event? And that's a great question. How many um, people do you think have had the bad? Oh yeah, that that's kind of makes sense. Yeah. I so when I was younger, I used to take a modium before games. I don't do it anymore. I was I I had when I was in college, I took a modium before games. Just in case. Well, I was you know, my my nervous thing, a lot of people throw up, I would just poop. So I would uh so when I was nervous before games, I was in college, I would poop and then I would just take and then like my Junior year in college, I started taking modium before games. And then I, then I thought it was fine. I stopped doing Smart. the NFL. But like I take, I take like two modiums before games. And so this would, about two hours before a game, just nothing. Shh, done. <laughs> Pre-game ritual. A modium and a, a, modium I, and a I Red mean, Bull. The, the suggestion, I guess Lamar Jackson's come through clean he, on the other was, side he, after he his little stamping, scandal. Man. He was thinking of shit. Okay, whatever happened, like, but we don't even know that. But wonder how much it would damage Tom Brady's legacy if we found out that uh, that this was his personal demon too. That at halftime of every, like, you know, like, why did that? Wonder how many stories would be like. Why did that? I wonder how many games have been swung in sports history by a key figure having uh, having uh, messy bowels. Yeah, sloppy messy bowels. Sloppy bows on um, at, the, at the worst possible. Time. I can't imagine that many. I mean, once like people ask me this all the time, like how you never like once I put my once I take my gloves up, you can see the picture behind me. My gloves are taped. My hands taped right there. Right? I don't know. There mm-hmm. it is. Right there. Right? There was no there was no pooping, Dave, because I'm not taking my gloves off to wipe. Like there was it was just was that was it. Like my body knew. That's wow. your it. That's your it. That's it. When, when, the, when the the knee braces go on, when the tape, the hands get taped. No poop allowed. You're kind of like an actor. Like once you get into your Avengers get up, it's like, that's it, man. You got the contacts in. There's nothing you can do about it. But, you know, sometimes I, I, I have seen visual evidence that uh, some of your pals, some of your mates on the offensive line did have to go and there was nothing they could do about it. And so they Who went. Poop? What visual evidence do you have of someone that's pooped themselves? Oh, come on. Let's not be naive, Jeff Schwartz. People have People have definitely done that. But all right. That's Let's, so disgusting. Uh, That's, I I would not if you cannot levy that accusation without proof. Well, I mean, are, there are images of guys. I know, who, I know, I know two people who poop themselves though, so I can't say that it never happens. Well, I mean, we know for sure guys have made water. All right, listen, I, I do. We'll we'll save it for post Super Bowl. Is but there I'll a tell problem fan about this? We'll, I can we'll tell you that that's else. true. I would love to know. Wouldn't that be the greatest? What if you could write a whole book? about bodily functions and how they impacted huge games. But we never knew. It's well, like, who's, yeah. Who's writing the book? Yeah, Pat, you're right. Like, yeah. Russell Wilson, why'd he throw that interception? Needed to get to the bathroom ASA and P. 
you know, like may, that, like it turns out that your bowels um, are the, are the key element in all these things, but let's continue on with all these. Uh, see, I think I disagree with you. I think it does actually make a difference that the Buccaneers are at home. We've heard about it way too often for the, for the my entire life of watching sports home field. Oh, gotta have home field. Well, now a team in the Super Bowl has home field. Tom Brady knows how to take advantage of having home field, the comforts around it. I think you are being dismissive because they're not going to be out there having parties on Wednesday night, the travel, the day before, in a hotel, because you're a bear and can fall asleep doesn't mean that everybody is comfortable with that. That's why bookmakers give the home team an advantage. I think the Bucks have an advantage, and people are not talking about that nearly enough. I think it's a key detail the Chiefs already beat them this year in Tampa. I'm just telling you what is. And here's the other thing. Here's another question I have for you that I've talked with uh, Cousin Sal about. His pal is Tony Romo. Do you have any insights on what Tony Romo, in the second half of that game, there's a drive, the Buccaneers have the ball, whatever, pedestrian possession. And then right in the middle of it, Romo just goes like, wow, Tom Brady's figured something out here. I mean, the, the Bucs are losing the game and everything's like, Brady's figured something out here. Guess what? This team, this team's all set for the rest of the season. They're going to be good. They're going to be a real factor here. This offense is going to turn a corner. And it's like, what the hell did you just see, Romo? And then it proves to be right. Then the offense does take off from there. What you have any guess what he could have during that that Chiefs game? I second half of the game. He just he just blurts out. I I remember watching it and thinking, what the hell did you just see, Romo? I don't recall anything off the top of my head, but well, maybe because you had the sound down. I did. Maybe he mentions it um, in this game this weekend. I have asked him. I tweeted at him. I told Sal to ask him. No, no word. No justice for Damashek. I think that's an interesting one. Now let's get to the big one, though, Schwartz. Yeah. You're an offensive lineman. Your brother's yes. an offensive lineman, but he's not going to be actively pushing well, other large well, human beings. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that yet. We don't know quite yet. There's still time left. There's oh, still- is that right? It's no. not a fair. He could officially say he could technically no, make it in. Not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it looks like he's not out playing. Eric Fisher's not playing. This is a tattered offensive line. Patrick Mahomes is superhuman, but like just about every other superhuman quarterback in pro football in the 21st century, if you start heating them up, they start looking awfully mortal. We talk about it all the time. So what if JPP and Vita Vea and all the rest of them? start getting after Patrick Mahomes and isn't it inevitable almost that they are going to get after him given the, you know, the pedestrian talent level of what the chiefs are going to throw out there. So this is really interesting. Um, This, it, it should affect the game, right? There's not been a Super Bowl team who has had this many injuries in the offensive line. If you look at, they're penciled in the starting lineup heading into the season. The left tackle, the left guard, the right guard, and right tackle are out. And now you have guys playing. So like Andrew Wiley was at right guard this year. He's now playing right tackle. Mike Grammers was the backup right tackle. He's now playing left tackle. Um, you know, like so you have all these moving parts. Steven Winooski wasn't even on the team for most of the year. Now he was there last year to win the Super Bowl. Right. He's at right guard. Nick Allegretti is at left guard. Well, because that's because KO got hurt when we fought against the Raiders. Austin Ryder, their center. Got benched this year. He got benched. He's now obviously back in that role. So at some point, it has to matter, right? It has to matter. You cannot continue to play this well 
with a beat up offensive line. Question is it becomes is it this game where it matters? And I think the Packers did it. I mean, the Bucks did a great job last weekend, two weekends ago, getting home with four guys. I love I'm on FanDuel right now. Um use the, the promo code minus three. Uh, you know, JC Pierre Paul to record a sack is plus one forty. Yes. Shaq Barrett to record a sack, plus one fifteen. Yes, like go take these. They won't hit Pat Mahomes, but it doesn't seem to matter in the end. And that's the thing that's so confusing to me because most of the time, if we say, hey, you've hit Tom Brady 11 times, they're not winning, they're not winning the game. We know that. You hit Mahomes 11 times, they might win 31 20, like they did in the Super Bowl last year. Nick Bosa was the best player in the field last season. Did not matter. So the question becomes I think if we assume the Chiefs' offensive line will struggle a little bit, is can Tampa's offense take advantage of that? Can they score enough points when it matters at the end of the game? You know, if they're up 2010 with seven minutes left, I think Tom Brady wins that game or Jimmy G obviously lost the game. So they're definitely with that, right? For, for Tampa Bay to win this game. I think we're not talking about it enough. We just assume that, oh, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid will figure it out. And they, they look, they quite well can figure it out. I'm not saying they're not going to do it, but I do think at some point having four backup offensive linemen and two of those guys now playing different positions is a problem, Dave. I cannot imagine it can't be a problem. And don't you, if you're Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes and everybody else, like at some point as you scheme to how to how to stop those two pass rushing ends from Tampa, that you end up robbing uh, Pierre to pay Paul or whatever, however that saying goes, because you're going to obsess without your two high pedigree tackles in there about stopping those guys. But I mean, and and Sue and Vita Vea are going to be then in 15's face all day. If you do that, right. Yeah. If you're, if you're breaking off assets to stop those two outside guys, then the more imminent threat is the guys uh, coming right at the uh, number 15's face all day long. Right. And no matter what it is, the yeah. assumption can't be correct me if I'm wrong. And maybe I'm, they'll test it early to see what they can do to see if they can make hay with Tyree kill. Um, or Miko Hardman or whoever downfield. But I, my assumption is, is that they, that, that they're going into this game thinking like, we ain't going to have a ton of time, Patrick. I so would, I it's going to be a lot yes. of, it's going to be, let me, I think so a lot of Travis Kelsey here and a lot of those, and a lot of those swing passes that they were throwing against the bills to Tyree killer, otherwise to try and make hay um, yards after catch style. But, you know, I assume that they, would like to get the ball as they always do to Travis Kelsey. But the point I also keep making about this Buccaneers defense is, is that the two inside linebackers that they throw out there, Alvin Kamara and Travis Kelsey are not similar human beings, except where they catch their passes is kind of similar. And Levante David and, uh, yeah. and Devin White did a great job of silencing Kamara all game long down in new Orleans. And then they gave trouble to Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't that, kind of limit what the offense can do if you have those two speedsters in the middle of the field trying yeah. combining the kind i'm, I'm not saying here's, they're going to silence kelsey but they can slow him down at least well here's what the chiefs are going to do this was against tampa the first time is you know you you have pieces going to the edge that move the linebackers and you come in behind them so like they, they did a bunch of rpos last game where they, you know they fake the run and it forced the linebacker to move a little bit and then boom you just throw it behind them and so I think the Chiefs, what they're going to do is this, at least at least in, in general game plan. They're going to get to the edge a lot with, with jet sweeps, with you know, just trying to get, you know, throw quick, quick passes. They're not going to be able to run the football this game. Tampa's run defense is too good. And they're going to stretch defense, 
Just either spread the defense out, spread the defense out, then boom, attack the middle of the field, like in strategic spots. And I think that's like what their game plan will generally be. Um, and it's not really attacking the linebackers, it's attacking open areas. I think they're going to play a lot of zone coverage is Tampa Bay. And they're going to just quickly find ways to attack. You know, they're going to run a, a fly sweep. And the next play, they're going to run a fly sweep, play action pass. And they're going to hit a guy over the middle. Like They're going to kind of find ways to take these chunk pieces away from Tampa Bay's defense. I think Tampa Bay's defense sits back in zone coverage. So like the Bills did week six and say, look, we're going to, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose slowly, right? We're not going to get beat on explosive plays. We're not going to let Tyreek Hill have 200 yards in the first quarter. Um, and so there's definitely a path to slow down the Chiefs. But here, I just go back to this. Like, even if Mahomes has a bad game, you're still going to score 24, 31 points. Like, so Tampa's offense has to score, and they can score. But one of the fun matchups of this game, Dave, is Steve Spagnola against Tom Brady. Um, from the 07 Super Bowl, where Spags did a fantastic job game playing Tom Brady. And Spags' defenses have played really well in the playoffs the last two years. And there's some fun things they do on defense. They're going to pressure Tom Brady. Tom Brady knows this. Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, they know this. What answers do they have for pressure? One specific matchup that favors the Chiefs in this game is Chris Jones. Timmy's offensive line, really good. They have all pro. They should have all pro. Left tackle, center, right tackle, really good. Dolphin Smith, left tackles, is okay. Right guard's a backup. He struggled a little bit. Chris Jones is going to have a huge game. I actually bet Chris Jones to win the MVP a little, a little sprinkle a little bit on there just for fun. Well, that's um, super fun. And let me just say, I love that. And that's exactly right. And I love that Tom Brady is at the is at a station. And as we talk about Josh Allen and you know, even Patrick Mahomes makes plays with his legs and he's elusive to some degree, and Russell Wilson and who had Deshaun Watson in this age? Tom Brady, like if a if a if another if a pass rusher gets within uh, four yards of him, he just lays down on the ground. Like he just like you know he just moves on from the play. So yes, I agree with you completely about Chris Jones. I, I I know that it's not as much fun as like the quarterbacks and on either side and the legacy and what it means to them. But these games so often come down to the teams that beat Brady in the Super Bowl specifically the Eagles two a couple years ago and those Giants teams the thing they had in, in common was getting after Brady with their front four yep. and I kind of think I'm with you that's the the key matchup is the other one is how how is Kansas City going to do anything with a bunch of bums or not all right not bums but okay replacement level guys against that pass and vice versa. I think that's, that, that's yeah. this whole game, not the QBs, not Tyree kill or any, or and, Antonio yeah. Brown or anybody else. And I'm, I'm just, there's so many little matchups, like, like, like Teron Matthew against Tom Brady. Like what, like what, like what are they going to use? Are they going to, like, where are they going to move him? How are they going to get him? Sneed who plays Nick and nickel kind of nickel corner for the chiefs. He has more pressures this year than Frank Clark does. They bring him a lot. So what are the bucks answers pressure earlier this season? They had no answers for pressure. None. They just were bad at it. So they have two weeks to figure it out. How are they going to have answers? I think that it's a very big game for the running backs, potentially out of the backfield catching the ball. I would bet the overs for receiving yards. I'm not sure I bet the the over for receptions because those guys drop a ton of passes, Jones and Fournette, but they catch one against pressure. They might get 20, 25, 30 yards. We saw Devin Singletary drop that pass two weekends ago for a big gain against pressure. And if you do that two or three times, the Chiefs will stop pressuring. And here's the thing. Just like Buffalo 
should have known the Chiefs were going to pressure because they did the first game. Tom Brady knows this. So how will they have an answer? There's many ways to, to have an answer, but how are they going to do it? How will they go about making sure the Chiefs don't pressure them as much and stay out of third and long? So there's like so many little things in this game, Dave, that are so fascinating to me. I don't think it's – look, the Chiefs have more ways to win, right? They can play a B game and still win. A game, they're obviously going to win. Tampa needs like a checklist to, to go right. But I thought they would lose to the Saints. I thought they would lose to the Packers. The checklist is working. It's all working. Can it work this weekend is the biggest question I have. I think, and I, this is not me saying that they should play keep away from the Chiefs offense. That won't work. But I do think that there's a chance that you could, that the Bucks could come out there and and kind of beat them up. And, you know, with, with, uh, with Fournette and Jones, I, mean, I think that, I think that that possibility exists more than it did against the Packers who kind of turned a, go- a corner in that regard. You weren't, ne- and, and they were able to make a little hay against them. I think that they, I, I, I think there's a chance that for all the talk about, again, about the two QBs, but what about that, that, that those two runners could, uh, could be major factors. But what about the other thing with the MVP chases and then obviously how the game flows? Andy Reid and Bruce Arians and certainly Tom Brady are really good at, identif- at identifying who's the weak link on the defense. And, and, and they will um, mercilessly target that if they identify who that guy is. Can you in advance tell us who, at least with the Chiefs and if we have any thoughts on the Bucks defense, I to me it's like, well, one of those receivers isn't going to get it because those because both QBs spread the ball around so nicely, you know. But I could see also Tom Brady saying like, "Man, Antonio Brown is going to feast at, because he's got this matchup, and I'm just going to throw it at him all day." I could see Antonio Brown getting three touchdowns in this game. Is that is, the, is that right? The problem is the Chiefs' defense is really good defending the deep pass. They're one of the best teams in the in the in the league at doing that. So I'm not sure they have a weak link like someone you'd be like, oh. That's the guy I need to target because they do a really good job of playing defense together as a team. Um, you know, on Tampa Bay's side, obviously Davis got targeted uh, the first game because he's not good in kind of he's he's good against physical, more physical wide receivers that like they can you know like a Keenan Allen type like that. Um, but against Tyreek Hill, that's not what he does well, and so. I think they're going to try to target him again. The, the, the formational aspect of what the Chiefs do is incredible. They put they put Kelsey. By himself. They do that one by three formation, the dub formation, right? One Kelsey over here, three wide receivers over here, but they put Tyreek Hill in the slot. That just messes with the defense. Defense doesn't really know what to do. And so I'm not sure there's there's specific players you can attack. I think there's spots in a defense you can attack by formations. Um, I don't think so. I don't think Tom Brady says, hey, this is the Antonio Brown. I, I they're gonna need Mike Evans to make some of these 50-50 catches, I think. They're gonna need some sort of spark down the field, especially if they if the Chiefs bring a lot of pressure, some of the answers are kind of going deep off the bat. And Mike Evans have to win win some of those matchups. All right. Listen, we've I think we've done a pretty nice job here, Eddie Spaghetti. Tell us if we're wrong here. Jeff Schwartz has answered a lot of uh questions. Uh I've done my best to keep up. I'm ready now. I've I, I am like Neo on top of the skyscraper. I have 17 wor- weeks worth of regular season action behind me i've got the wind at my sails after the the three rounds of postseason i've downloaded all available information i am ready to issue my super bowl 55 pick 
Boop, 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 boop. Chiefs, 26. Buccaneers, 30. Brady does it again. 30 to 26. A half point under the current total on this game. The Bucks plus three. I say they win it straight up. Prayers and thoughts and prayers to the Schwartz family. You got a ring. That's enough. I'm no no slight to you. In fact, it's praise for you. If Mitchell isn't out there, he can always say, as can you, you can proudly puff your chests out and say, would have gone differently if I would have played. You know, I, that's a nice thing to have going my, for you. Not my Super Bowl ring, so I can't really puff my chest out there. Um, I um, Are you going to make a pick or do you want Eddie Spaghetti to go? You can gather no, yourself have, if you want to be dramatic. Chiefs, I have Chiefs 38, Bucks 27. Ooh, not a blowout, but not that close either. High scoring contest. I like a lot of points in this game. Okay, so you're going over in this but, one. What, what, you're what, going with what, 15. I'll tell you what, what's interesting though is that I have not bet this game yet because I have a Tampa Bay future uh, to win the Super Bowl. Plus 11. We, we've heard, and I, I think yeah. it's disgraceful, but all right. So I haven't actually bet this game yet. I think I would bet – I think the Chiefs win because I'm a Chiefs homer, and that's what I'm going to pick. But I think I think if I were to put my money on the game, I would take Tampa plus the three and a half if it gets there. Wait like, a second. What the hell are you doing? You you just said Chiefs by 11, and now you're advocating – Because I'm not – this is a straight-up pick. This is not against the spread. There's no there's no money involved in this. It's just straight heart pick. Okay. What what I think the listener wants more what your what your your business decision is. If I were to bet the game, which I, again I have not done yet, because I have to figure out what I want to do with this Tampa future. Like I, I might take Chiefs money line. I haven't figured out. Should I just let it ride? Like what should I do? Well, I mean, I I'll, I'll defer to cousin Sal on this. He can provide you some counsel in that regard. I mean, I think like I say, you morally. I mean, I don't know. Like, what, do you want me to get in touch with Mitchell? Because I will. He still owes me that brisket recipe, so I have to follow up with him anyway. And while I'm getting that from him, I'd also like to share with him that his own brother has something that has a so chance to why, make some money. He would say, well, you at minimum, you at minimum have to why. put something on the Chiefs for good. So here's sake. why. Here's I'll tell you why I would bet it gets a three and a half with Tampa is there's so much public money in Kansas City right now that it's a straight fade the public play. Like, it's not that I don't think the Chiefs are going to win. I told you what I think the score is going to be. It's that if I was, if I was, like I said, I haven't done anything yet just because I'm still kind of figuring out if I want to put some some money line uh, money on the Chiefs just to kind of make make some money this weekend. If the Chiefs, and I bet a lot of props. So I've told you what the ones I've, a lot of them I bet so far. Um, but as far as the game, like Tampa Bay plus three and a half, if it gets there, I think it's extreme value because all the money uh, at least the public money is on Kansas City this weekend. I do not like to be in the public very often, especially in big games like this. You've already told us you want to watch it by yourself with the sound. I will watch it. By no, myself, you don't want yes. anything to do. It's representative. It reflects. Actually, no, I, would, I, would, I would. You know, I'd, I'd watch it with Eddie and just and you could just stay, stay at home. I think that's what I would do. I mean, if, if you were over, we'd be. You know, the game would be slated for four hours. It would take seven and a half. <laughs> Red, we, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there's it's required that the game gets paused for a moment so I can issue my commentary. <laughs> then we get back. Don't worry, we just aren't going to watch the commercials. That I'm is, not a commercial guy. I am. I, 
that I so appreciate you saying that. You know, I'm not. I'm 34. I'm a 34 year old. The commercials were fun when I was seven. I'm not. I don't fine. care. Fine. I, I this reviewing of them and this. I, but I also feel that the golden age of the Super Bowl commercials has come and gone anyway. This year, yeah. Well, I mean, this year, but whatever. Like, the people who like I watch for the commercials. I I don't I well, don't they're know. Not, they're not. I, I once had a nanny who said she doesn't watch the Super Bowl at all. Didn't even know it was on one weekend, and I was. Oh, like, those people are the worst. I was like, uh, what? What? What do you? What do you? How do you not know? I don't know anything about. Uh, you know, I, I I have no, I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to sound like a cool, tough guy or whatever. I I do not care a lick about the family that lives um, in Calabasas, the Kardashian family. I don't care about them. I mean, I don't dislike them. I have no uh, deep thoughts about yeah. what's bad about them or good about them. I don't, I, I, I am absolutely apathetic about them. And yet I can tell you things about them because- of course, it's in the zeitgeist and my brain absorbs it whether I want it to or right. not. These people who do this nonsense about like Super Bowl, like what's in the big ball? I hear there's a there's they're playing the 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 sports ball game. Oh, ha, ha, ha. They they do that. And these are the same people who are like, I, I just oh, let me interrupt your conversation. I, I, I need to let you know. I, for one, don't care about Star Wars. I think it's lame. I don't want to hear it. like. What are you shooting yourself in the foot, cutting your nose to spite your face? Like it's out there. So you don't get any references to anything like this thing of like, I, I think I've heard of Tom Brady, but I'm not really sure. Is he the one who's married? To, but, spell, yeah. I, at some point you're announcing to the world. If you actually don't know certain basic facts about that, that you're, that you're a dimwit or that you're willfully portraying yourself as something that you're not like i care so little about sports ball that i am going to make a statement that i am not watching it and i also love when the tv ratings come out and it's like whoa can you believe it kansas city missouri households 71 percent of the tvs were tuned in to watch the super bowl and people are like isn't that astounding and i'm like it is astounding that 29 percent of people were watching something else in kansas city what the hell were they doing with themselves exactly. they couldn't wait that you didn't at least to be a part of the sports town experience i mean it will resonate you win 30 years i can tell you because i'm from pittsburgh 30 years 40 years from now people will still reflect back on those moments, and you're going to be like, yeah, I didn't watch. I uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In in 2072, people are going to be like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes when he played Tom Brady, be like, yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I was I was busy. Uh, uh, <laughs> watching. People, people they would laugh at you. Yes, it's a it's an absurdity. Don't be that weirdo. Spaghetti, your pick. Uh, I have to start off with saying the name of our show minus three and the team we probably talked about probably second most behind the Steelers, obviously the, the chiefs, they're uh, minus three in the biggest game of the year in the Super Bowl. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, being honest, I have never been more torn in picking a game. I think the two things that are playing in my mind, well, one, we spoke Dave uh, with, with Chris long last year and he gave like an hour by hour breakdown of the Super Bowl, the prep for it. Oh, it really was the best. If you can find it on YouTube, you should watch it because it really is funny and insightful about what a pro football player is doing. Right. You are Jeff Schwartz sleeping for 36 straight hours before the game. 
and Hard and enough. no and i and i i i love what jeff said about that too because i'm trying to figure out and maybe we'll hear some stories after the super bowl but with the bucks being home those guys are pretty much just living their regular lives they're in their homes they're it may not change as much because there's not as many obligations obviously because of covid whereas the chiefs who were in it last year they experienced the whole craziness the madness of it and now they're like okay well what do we do like we're we're stuck in here i wonder if that plays any kind of mind game so that's one thing that i'm thinking about uh the other is with the weather uh as of now it's not supposed to be raining during the game i, I mean florida i looked at the forecast before it's like seven days straight of rain but it seems like that uh, on sunday it's stopping by 11 o'clock in the morning and it should be clear it should be clearing the rest of the day so if it was raining part of me thinks Maybe because the Chiefs can't establish a ground game because the offensive line, I would favor Rojo and Fournette a little bit more in that. But if there's no raining, I, I mean, uh, Mahomes, the he made a pass uh, versus the the Bills where I think it was like Milano or somebody like grabbed him and he pushed into the side, switched hands with the ball, and then made and completed the pass. And part of me is like, how? You got a guy on him. How are you going to ever stop him? Until Patrick Mahomes in, in, is stopped, and I see him stop, and I see a defense stop him, it's hard for me to pick against him. Um, that being said, I don't think the Bucks plus three is a bad move. I think if this game with five minutes left and and you know ticking ticking down in the fourth quarter, I think it will be close. I think it's going to be a, a good game. It's going to be a classic. Brady didn't have a great game versus the, the Packers. He'll be the first to admit that, and they still won that game. It was pretty impressive. Their defense, uh, they pretty much have all household names, and even, even guys like Murphy Bunting, who's had a pick in every postseason game they played in. So I think it's going to be a good one, but um, – my heart weirdly wants to pick the Bucks, and I've never rooted for Tom Brady as a Giants fan. Yeah. But I, I think what he did this year is incredible. I know it's been said a million times, but kind of changing who he is as a quarterback, and I actually do want to root for him. Uh, there is JPP on there, who obviously I, I, I'm a fan of, and uh, we've had some interactions with Devin White is an awesome guy. But um, I, I just don't – I just – until Patrick Mahomes is stopped and and loses, I just it's it's hard to pick against him. It really is, and I think we're gonna get a close one. I would say in the range of like Chiefs thirty one thirty there, the Bucks maybe like twenty six twenty seven. I'm not really dead set in the final score, but it'll be a, it'll be a good one, I think. So that's as of this recording, that's where I stand. But it it very well may change. Well, follow Eddie Spaghetti along there on the the Twitter or otherwise and see his updated picks. I'm going to stand by my Bucks pick. Uh, I'm going to say that they're a straight-up winner, and I'm going to go under on this one. The dank air of uh, the Tampa-St. Pete area plays a factor in it, the home field advantage, all of it, the bad offensive line. I agree with you guys. It's easy to look at what we've seen for the last two seasons, two two and a half seasons, the D Ford play and everything else. It's hard to really summon much of a case of like the, the chiefs until you see them lose. But guess what? The T 800 was outmoded and then the T 1000 got melted down and then it came back to life briefly and almost killed the T 800. But then the T 1000 was what was thrown in to into the, whatever that was, the, the, the fire at the end of um, Terminator two, they all die. Every, the 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 idea here's here, here's the kind of like the logical extension of what people are doing with the Chiefs. Like you're picking against the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs are the Chiefs. What, what's it matter if Patrick Mahomes wins this Super Bowl? You can see him play. You picking against him next year? Probably not. But I don't know what's going to happen in the off season. <laughs> but I but I also don't think that. So the 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 
extension, like I say, of of what people are doing about like, well, Patrick, well, you're going to bet against him. Where I bet against him or not, he's not going to win the next 10 Super Bowls. So what are we talking about? He's going to lose some sure of these that? games. And some, well, yes, Dave, the, I'm, the one I am stat, 100% positive the one that Patrick stat, isn't, isn't going to appear. How, I'll do you one better. Hear, hear me now. Believe me later. I'll get a picture of him tattooed on my left ass. If, if, if Patrick Mahomes appears in the next five, how about this? Next five title games, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I will get a, a picture of I mean, the next Patrick five Mahomes. Super Bowls. So this one no, no, plus- title games. I said AFC title. Oh, so games. this one. So this one. This doesn't count. I'm saying okay, going so five, forward, five straight. Okay. If he goes to the title game for the next five seasons and the Chiefs do that, then I will have no choice but to get that tattoo on my toe. Fair enough. We'll hold you to it. And this show will have, you know, we already have about a million listens per episode. We're going to have like 70 million by then. People are going to go back and look at that and, and take me to task about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all in, uh, you know, January, late January of 2026. It'll be uh, something to look forward to. One, um, one last, one last stack I want to throw that I forgot to mention and kind of what shifted me lately to the chiefs over the bucks. I was leaning bucks Brady and Super Bowls and only one of his Super Bowl appearances has scored points in the first quarter. I think, and I think actually he's has not scored field, points. It was a field goal. He has scored a field. He, they kicked the field goal once, okay. and he's had zeros throughout the rest of them. Wow. That scares me in a sense because, yeah, I know the Chiefs have been known to go down, and they just they come right back. Um, but I also think there's a very easy chance that like Hill sneaks by on like a bomb, and Mahomes hits him, or Kelsey runs a drag, or one of those like RPO things, and he's you know open. He goes you know forty five yards to the house, something like that. And then Brady, because you know all teams in the in the Super Bowl do play very tight and they're just not trying to make a mistake whereas the chiefs really one of the teams in recent memory they just don't care they don't play that way they just air it out they're going to just do what they have to do to score um they're an electric offensive team and that kind of scares me uh if you were leaning the bucks i hear you and it's fine i mean the one thing that exists with the chiefs against anybody and as much as i say they'll come back to earth at some point and it's also i could absolutely see it being like 14 nothing like whoa the game just started and it's it's already the Chiefs. Uh, that's the thing that's scary if you're a Bucks better in this one. And by the way, bet all of it. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Ride with us. Fade us. However you choose. Spaghetti, you hit on uh, some props there real fast. Schwartz shared a bunch. Let's just fire through three or four, and then we'll go because it's time for uh, spaghetti and meatballs sure. on the Mass Mutual NHL division fiery uh another fiery week we'll get to that in a second here i'll throw out for you i love um i like well i don't love i like mahomes with a first quarter touchdown pass and and, and i like brady with a fourth quarter touchdown pass those are those are my favorite oh levante david plus seven and a half tackles it, for the yes. bucks to be in this one i mean it, it makes sense right i mean am i crazy that he's gonna be the guy involved in tackling Tyrese Kelsey. Uh, uh, Ty- <laughs> Tyrese <laughs> Kelsey, that's his name now. Tyrese Kelsey, um, the cheetahs, is they call him. They, um, the uh, I, isn't he going to be involved in tackling him a lot? That seems to be a, yeah. a, a good Are, prop. Right? I think so. Yeah. If you head to fanduelcom slash minus three, there's. I mean, Fanduel does a great job with all these props here. There's, I mean, a hundred different categories. Dave, you said yours were a QB to throw first TD pass, and you wanted Mahomes no. in that one. 
No, I'm just saying Mahomes to throw a first quarter touchdown. Oh, first quarter touchdown. Yeah, yes is plus 110. No is minus 140. That's where yeah. that one stands. I, I like Mahomes over completions because I think that they will throw a lot of short passes to mitigate the pass rush. I also like if you can find highest scoring half, second half. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Brady does seem to have a knack now that you say that of I'm thinking. So the Chiefs. Carolina, I'm just thinking about the Super Bowls that Brady's been involved in for what it matters. Where is uh, – he's just so many props. At the big there. second half against Carolina forever GB ago. Cap, most passing yards. Are you betting on the Gatorade Schwartz? That one ain't for me. I don't care so much about that. I would – yeah, it's it's most closely typically um, with the jersey color. So, like so that example, is true. Yeah. You're not – for example, you're not going to have typically – a dark colored Gatorade with a white jersey. Now it's happened before the bra. I looked up the Broncos had orange with their white uniforms in, in 16, but it never happened very often. Okay. I'll, I'll say this uh, to pat myself on the back. You're welcome. Football America. Um, no matter who wins this game, we're all winners already. Our eyeballs are at least because Damashek got involved in the important uniform decision. The Buccaneers decided to wear their white. We thank you for that. And you're welcome football america um and jeff schwartz uh thanks to you a uh a, a dynamite i think uh preview of super bowl 55 um i look forward to not watching it with you um because that's what you want i would watch it with you but you've decided you have better things to do you're gonna sit with you yourself and you and watch it and uh best wishes to mitchell schwartz I still say little conflicted if I'm Jeff Schwartz. I don't know if my, I want my brother to have two Lombardis. I mean, one is fine, but two, it's starting to get to be too much. Like, matter? I have zero. It, it, matter if he has two. Because then it starts to get embarrassing. Like, what if he gets to four or five? Then it's like, geez, oh, man. You know? <laughs> then your wife starts looking at you like, what did I do here? You know? So close. I don't think that's a problem, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff Schwartz, enjoy it. Uh, make sure you're checking out all of uh, Jeff Schwartz. Uh, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. The aforementioned Chris Long is in there with him. Great work on uh, Fox Sports all this week, getting you right mentally, emotionally, and otherwise uh, for the big game. Uh, we'll talk to Schwartz next week. But for now, let's get to it. We don't just talk about pro football here. No, no. It's time for a little hockey talk. Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> All right, a new edition of Spaghetti and Meatballs, uh, Super Bowl week edition. Uh, for once, I wish my Rangers would stay out of the news, but I am here to talk about it. Eddie Spaghetti here with Michael Meatballs and Justin Champagny, a.k.a. Uh, Dave Damashek is here. So I'm uh, not here, though. I'm just here to listen, but it's Justin Champagny. I, I have I the have, ACC I player of the year to be with the, I, the way it's tracking. But please, we're here to talk hockey. We're here to talk hockey, not college basketball. Pitt, Virginia, in uh, in Virginia on Saturday. Pretty juicy. A nice game to watch this weekend as you get ready for the Super Bowl. Right, we're not talking about, though. We're talking about hockey. Go. We're here to talk about the seventh-place Islanders with eight points and the uh, eighth-place Rangers with eight points, uh, and your Penguins up a little bit higher in fourth with 11 points. We have stuff to get to. Let's get to our three stars of the week, and here's our third star. <laughs> 
Michael, you are wearing your awesome Minnesota Wild reverse retro white jersey, green shoulders. They have their green and yellow logo. It's an awesome, awesome looking uniform. And that's our third star, I believe, uh, both combined because the teams are rolling out their reverse retro uniforms. I believe it's six, around six games per team. They're going to do that. The the Rangers, they're playing Thursday night versus the Capitals. They're going to use theirs. I know the Canadians are going to roll out theirs. I saw the Predators just released their uh, schedule for it as well. So the teams are finally going to do that. I know we have our bet about the Rangers versus the Islanders who wins the season series that we will do our reverse retro bet for that sweater. But across the board, and I know this is not just a mass mutual thing, a really, really, really good job of the NHL here. They're all pretty good. There are some obviously not as strong as others, some kind of boring. But for the most part, I mean, they kind of knocked out of the park. I, I really do love them. And it makes me want to just get like one of each of the teams besides my, my Rangers Navy Blue Statue of Liberty. Yeah, for sure. Um, this wild one was a, a gift from Santa. So uh, I'll say it does look really good in person, but it even looks better on the ice. I, I, right. I usually I'm not a fan of the green and yellow combo, but when it's on the ice, it's it's really something else. I, I also uh, shout out to the Kings, too. I like their their purple and yellow combo that they got going. The Kings purple and yellow is great. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Minnesota North Stars uh, color combo there. I, I hate to say this one, and this is a Mass Mutual East team, but the Devils green and red, like the Christmas color ones, those are pretty good. Those are really, really, really good. Yeah, I'm um, a fan of those too. Let me just I, say, I don't want to interrupt, but I will say that's right. The Wild have a stupid name, and I love the color scheme, the North Stars homage. They need to go back to that. It summons memories for old hockey fans of the 1982 finals when uh, when Bossy, Trottier, and, uh, and, and the rest of those creeps vanquished the Neil Broughton and, uh, and that gang. Um, so the Minnesota should go back to those colors and then the devil should go back to the Christmas colors instead of this, uh, red and black jive. I, I love, I love the Christmas ones. And I will say your pens check the, the white with the, the yellow or whatever gold, whatever color it is, uh, diagonal down the, the, the sweater. Those are really good as well. It was nice watching them. It was nice getting the win first them, but it was really nice watching those teams play with that Jersey. It's a, gr- a really, really nice sweater. I mean, like I said, across the board, awesome. A wild one. That's kind of like funky looking, but I kind of like it anyway, is the, the coyotes purple with the, yeah. with like the desert in the bottom. I think it was really, really cool. Uh, they're all pretty unique. A lot of them went back to what the jerseys used to like where the team logo used to be, which is cool. But I, I really, uh, which I, I, NHL. after football, let's do a, a full ranking of all these, uh, I, of all these hockey sweaters. I, I would, sure. I would love to, there's really not one. I hate they're all good in some regard. So it, it is good. We said as our third star, but it, it very well could be our first star of the week. But uh, anyway, let's move on to our second star of the week. My second star, this involves the Rangers, the Sabres a tiny bit, and Dave's Penguins. Chris Jury had the opportunity to interview on a very, very short list for their GM job, obviously with Rutherford stepping down, and he declined. I was pretty shocked by this because he did interview with the Panthers last summer, but Chris, being from Trumbull, Connecticut, obviously you know playing at Boston University, played a few other teams before moving to the Sabres and then the Rangers. He wants to stay in New York. He wants to stay with the Rangers organization. He's an assistant GM right now for the team, and he uh, is the GM for the Harper Wolfpack. I personally think that he they want to transition him to the GM role and and you know 
a few years. I know they just uh, brought in Gordon to take o- and John Davidson to take over from when Glenn Sather was pretty much in charge of the Rangers for quite some time. But as a guy who played for the Rangers and wants to keep it uh, local or as local as it gets, I guess, one state over in Connecticut, he wants to stay here, did not want to move on to the, the Penguins. The other funny thing about it is – the Penguins did take another Rangers guy, another BU guy as well, was uh, their coach, Jim Sullivan, who was drafted by Mike Sullivan, was drafted by the uh, the Rangers, and he played for Boston University as well, and obviously left Torella's staff. They did stop in Vancouver, but went on to win cups with, with the Penguins. So that would have been really bittersweet for the Rangers to lose out on Jury as well, who was a guy they were grooming to, to, run the, to run the team. So, you know, and whoever takes that Penguins job, if it's not, obviously not going to be Chris Jury now, but a lot of decisions to make with 34-year-old Malkin, 33-year-old Crosby, the teams like looking to that, that transition period of how do they move on from those megastars and, and to the next phase of what the Penguins are going to be. But the guy won't be Chris Jury. He opted to stay with the Rangers, so I'm not sure if Dave, you have any quick thoughts on that or Michael as well. But uh, it was a pretty shocking move there, in, in my opinion. I'll say this. People in Pittsburgh have now veered into being like Boston sports fans, which is to say spoiled, and everybody is very sad about the future for the Penguins. I say all is well. Yes, they're not going to have one of the five best players in NHL history on the roster forever, and that's a shame, but I'm sure a lot of hockey cities lament not having that kind of a guy. But the blue line is... He's young and it is good and it's going to get better between Marino and Pojo. If you've gotten a chance to watch uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph, he is the real deal at 21. Uh, Brian Dumoulin, um, uh, Marcus Pedersen, they're fine on the blue line and they have some punch up front as well. I think they're fine. I'm not worried about it. And uh, I definitely don't want talk about the close circles, the, the, the small world of the NHL. I do not want Ron Hextall the Philly flyer to ever touch the Pittsburgh Penguins as a GM or otherwise stay the hell away. Don't you dare do this. Lemieux. Don't you dare. So second star, I know we're supposed to keep within the Eastern side, but I got to go with McDavid and dry Yeah. Uh, both of them are combined for 46 points, which might be more than the whole Islanders team combined <laughs> considering Matt Barzell has 10 and pretty much everyone else has zero. Uh, but McDavid has eight goals, 16 assists. Dry settles seven goals, 15 assists. They really cannot be stopped. Uh, it's I've been thinking of like other sport comparisons to compare it with, and I I can't really think of any. I, I was thinking maybe having LeBron and Durant on the same team. Like it's it's just unstoppable. They they can score at will. McDavid just comes down the ice and will put anyone in a blunder and just put it in the back of the net. So if they can ever figure out this defensive thing. I, I, can you stop them offensively? I, I don't know. Can anyone stop them? That's that's the question. I think it was from the the spin checkouts guys, uh, uh, Ryan Whitney, uh, BU guy, and, and Paul Bizzanet. I believe they said one of them said a great quote about the Oil McDavid and Drysaddle. It was like if you let them score more than one point each, the game's pretty much over. So if they score multiple yeah. points, your team is not going to compete in that game. And that's it's crazy to think about. Like it's just how how dynamic they are in offense and how like it's just impossible to stop them. Uh, I think it's totally worth bringing up, even though this is a mass mutual East thing. I agree. It's that they're the, they're the must watch tandem right now in the NHL uh, for sure. Yeah. And they're both, I mean, dry settles will be 26. I think this year and McDavid will be 24. So they, you know, they got plenty, plenty of years to go and, and they make guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins a stud too. So right. there's really no shortage of offense there. Yeah, makes me sick that a guy like that is like four or five years younger than me. Man, oh man. Time to get to our uh, first star of the week. The Tony D experiment in New York is over with. And this was a 
very tumultuous, very crazy, you know, three seasons, I believe it is, uh, with him. And it's just been up and down, up and down, you know, a lot of pauses, but a lot of very, very bad negatives. And I guess I'll just start with the timeline with this for those who are not really as familiar with the whole Tony D'Angelo debacle in New York, you know, starting when he was in the OHL was suspended twice. He was suspended for a comment, I think, uh, or, you know, behavior towards teammates. And he was suspended again for harassing officials. You know, his OHL coaches called him a daily struggle to deal with. And despite that, Tampa Bay selected him. I think it was like 19th overall in the first round of 2014. He was great in the AHL for them, but he was a healthy scratch due to his behavior. So, like, you know, this guy is going to be a troublemaker way like seven years ago. And just nothing, it still continued, still continued. He was finally moved to the Coyotes in, in 2016, made his NHL debut in November of 2016. And he was immediately suspended that season, three games for physical abuse of, of the officials. So they traded him to the Rangers in the 2017 draft. The Derek Sapon trade and Antiranta came to, uh, they left uh, New York and we brought in Tony D and they gave us the pick that we took. Uh, Elias Anderson, I believe, which did not really work out that well, but he was oh, he was pretty good. I mean, last year the the Rangers they 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 extended him two season uh, two years because uh, he had fifty three points in sixty eight games in the weird COVID you know shortened season. So he, he's a puck moving defenseman that could he could score. Like there's just no two ways about it. Is is his defense that great? Mm, not really, but he could definitely move the puck. He could definitely you know he's got you on your power play, but. There are always issues with him throughout his career, even in New York. And the team did try to uh, try to quietly trade him last offseason, I believe, with Ryan Strom, and they just couldn't get it done. So now, fast forward to this season, he took a bad penalty. He's complaining about it. They lost the game. Quinn benched him early on in the season for for two games, and he did not react well. He reacted so poorly that you know Gordon was threatening to to wave him right then and there. And all it took was a few more games, and then. The following another loss, I, the stories are reported that he screamed at uh, Georgiev and they got into a fight. And then I believe it was Chris Kreider stepped in, may have had a physical altercation with him and kind of set the tone. And the Rangers was like, OK, that's it. Enough's enough. We're going to we're going to move on for you. We're going to waive you. He cleared waivers and now he's going to you know look to be package in a trade and Gordon has come out and said that he will never play for the near rings ever again. Now that is all the stuff related to just him in terms of hockey. This is not even talking about his social media use, his anti COVID stance, you know, thinking that it's a hoax, his obviously pro Trump stuff and, and him moving over to parlor and kind of saying the storming of the Capitol is fine. And, and just pure craziness. And I don't want to make this a political thing because honestly his stuff on the ice or involved with his uh, hockey teams are bad enough that, that he deserves to be waived or, or traded, but yeah, he just never seemed to get it. And he seemed to just always have an issue with something or someone constantly and him creating his own podcast. And it, it was just always a problem when the Rangers had to tell him to stop, to stop, to stop. He finally, you know, removed himself from social media, except for, I believe parlor. I'm not even sure if he's still on that, but he, he just never seemed to figure it out. And he's a guy with so much talent, at least on the offensive side uh, for being a defenseman. And he just let it spiral out into this, ultra mess and it's you know it, it's a guy that if you were a rangers fan you were pretty happy to have if he just calmed down and just kind of took himself off of social media and played he was going to be a guy that would be on he would be your power play quarterback 
and now they don't have that. I don't think the Rangers need it anymore because luckily they have guys like Kendry Miller, who's just an absolute stud, and they have Truba still to a big, uh, long deal. Uh, and Adam Fox is hopefully the second coming of Brian Leach. So you could just forget about Tony D because it's just not worth it. So sorry for that being a very, very long, jam-packed first start of the week. But it had to be said, I mean, this is it just sucks that the Rangers are involved in this. Like, I don't – yeah, they're in eighth place. They have enough issues going on. This is one issue they do not need. And frankly, I'm just I'm just glad it's coming to an end, at least for the Rangers over. Uh, I don't even know what to expect on a trade deal for him, but it is just a headache that I don't need anymore. Yeah, I think um, he's a pretty talented hockey player. Uh, yeah. But when you're building something like the Rangers are, you can't have that that nonsense in the locker room. Not with so. that, not, not with young players like that. Yeah, and and, exactly. and he's just always he's just a black cloud no matter where he goes. And he's always going to bother somebody. And luckily, they have some vets. And if it was Kreider, I, none of this is still confirmed. But if it was Kreider who did step in and say, like, bro, chill out, like, then mm-hmm. – Good for him because they 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 are a very very young team and you cannot have somebody who's just constantly bothering teammates like the whole Kondre Miller stealing the puck thing from his first uh, NHL right. point that that's his Miller's agent said it's not true national NHL reports said it's not true there are some Rangers bloggers say it is true again mm-hmm. we may never know what the actual truth is but let's just say if that is true it's like you have no place on this because for first of, I mean first of all Miller is a better player than you secondly right. he's the he's part of the future he's a team guy that everyone one seems to rally around I mean, him and like Alexi Lafreniere are like best friends apparently already. You don't mm-hmm. want to create a bad culture with a super young team. Right. And he, he just had to be removed. And I know for the rest of the Mass Mutual East guys like, uh, you know, if you or people who root for the Devils and other teams like that, you're going to love this because it's just more turmoil. But I'm hoping the end is 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 now here. It's over with the Rangers won the game versus the Penguins, their first game without him uh, on the roster. So. Uh, again, I don't think we're going to get much in a return for him, but it was just, it's just a huge, huge mess. And, uh, and hopefully this is the last time I have to think about it. Yeah. I think, uh, Rangers probably have to eat some of his salary to move him, sure. but if they do, that, I, that, yeah. they might get something. If he, if he just had none of the baggage, that he's a five, six, seven year contract, tons right. of money. So they only gave him a two year deal. It's like, you wonder why the writing was on the wall. Like everyone knew this was an issue. I would have never get, I, I thought the worst case scenario was him just being, absolutely stupid on social media i did not think mm. it would come down to this but he he just never changed he had all the opportunity in the world to change and he had seven years to figure it out and just never did so that you know we're, we're moving on and hopefully it's just a brighter future of the team but anyway i i am done with that spiel let's hear your for uh, number one star of the week so my first star of the week will be i guess it's covid i guess it's the sabers or the devils whoever was spreading it around um I guess thanks for giving the Islanders some days off. I think they needed to regroup. Uh, last time they had this much time off, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So look out, uh, Pittsburgh, I guess, or we'll see you this weekend. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping uh, if they won those two games against the Flyers, they're in, they're in fourth place right now. So I don't – just been very frustrating – Barzell is doing all he can. Dobson is – I like him a lot. I think he's doing uh, – he's a pretty good – you know, he moves the puck pretty well for a young guy. He seems pretty poised. Um, but there, there are just so many guys who need to figure their stuff out right now. And we need to know if Wallstrom and Bellows can play at an elite level. I mean, so far they've looked pretty good. Um, but we we really need to know, like, ASAP if they can play – with guys like Barzal and Beauvillier, because if they don't, we, we got to find someone because this is our window to win. Now we have a bunch of 29, 30 year old guys on the team. So we got to figure this out now. 
But uh, anyway, I think we play, I think it was Penguins, Rangers, Penguins. So we win three in a row, uh, hopefully in regulation, you know, pick up quick six points. You know, we're right back in it, I guess. But right now we got to we got to figure some stuff out. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Barry takes care of that. To wrap this up, since I spoke way too much right now, like I said before, Rangers Islanders seven uh, eight in the Mass Mutual East. How are you feeling about the Islanders right? This? Are you in full damage control? You're just like give us another week or two, and they'll figure some stuff out. No, I, I'm not in full damage control yet. I mean, when they in the past few games when they've played well, they've looked really good. I thought there was a period the other day when they put against the Flyers where they played their best hockey of the season. But there are just times when the Islanders come out in a game and it's like they're not winning. Mm-hmm. You know, when right. you can't when they're down three nothing, it's like there's no way they're scoring four goals to win this game. And when they get into overtime games, they don't even try to score. It's just like, all right, we'll just I guess take this into a shootout, and then you don't even know what you're going to get in a shootout. I mean, they've had times like last year when they were sending Leo Komarov out in a shootout, who <laughs> who missed the net wide left, by the way, but um. You know, I, I think guys like Nelson have to figure it out. Bailey's got to figure it out. Lee's game is not going to change no matter what he does. So that's fine. He's just got to get more rebounds in the net. Everly played well when he played with Nelson, but I don't know, you know, Everly, if he if he's going to – he's very streaky. He's kind of like Bovillier. They're both streaky players. But I think Bovillier, when he comes back, if he plays with Barzell, there will be some chemistry there, and I think they'll – they're both fast enough, I think, to play with each other. So hopefully that will kind of pick up. Uh, defensively, Green has been bad. Um, their fourth line has been been rough. It's not what it used to be. And it's kind of disappointing to see guys like Tyler Toffoli light it up. He's got uh, league lead and goals. He's got nine goals. He's pretty much the cost of a Leo Komarov or Cal Clutterbuck or Andrew Ladd. So if you could have one of those guys, it's a different team. They're going to put up even more goals than they are if they're playing with Barzal or you know, Beauvillier. So I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know. We got to, we got to figure some stuff out. Definitely. Well, on the bright side, if the Rangers and Islanders stink for our sakes, what would be cool, and this has been going around social media a tiny bit, is a, uh, a Boston Bruins Montreal Canadiens uh, final because those two teams seem to be on the fast track to potentially playing each other, which would be pretty wild as a, a, a nice cap if you, uh, to this weird season, if you're a, a fan of the original six teams yeah. uh, and want to root for some historic type hockey, because that would be, uh, that'd be something else. Yeah. And Passanox back for the Bruins too. So mm. I don't know if you saw the game last night, but uh, something they, else. Yeah. They, they set up some nice offensive plays and, and Passanox is, he's full out right now. So yeah. we'll, we'll see where that, how that goes. And that's that. Uh, great job by Spaghetti and Meatballs, as always. Great job by Jeff Schwartz. Uh, best wishes to the fans uh, in Kansas City, Tampa, and beyond. Enjoy your last 60 minutes of pro football. Fear not, though. We'll be back with more hot sports talk for you. The sports calendar hasn't ended just because football has for a little while. We'll be back to cover it all for you next week. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>